1: .com and definitely check out those shows as well. I hope you'll all check out the all-new Zibby Mag, Z-I-B-B-Y-M-A-G, the literary lifestyle destination with essays, book news, a lit lifestyle feature, and even some classes. Check it out, zibbymag.com. Jonathan Galassi is the author of School Days, a novel. He is the chairman of Ferrar Strauss, and Jerome. He is a former poetry editor for the Paris Review, a former chairman of the Academy of American Poets, and the recipient of a Guggenheim Fellowship for Poetry. His poems and essays have appeared in the New Yorker, New York Review of Books, Three Penny Review, and The Nation. He has published three books of poetry and translations of the poetry of Eugenio Montale, Giacomo Leopardi, and Primo Levi. His first novel, Muse, was published in 2015. Welcome, Jonathan. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss School Days.
0: Thank you so much. I'm I'm thrilled that you're here to talk with me.
1: (laughs) Would you mind telling listeners what your book is about?
0: My book is about a boarding school one of the old-fashioned historic boarding schools and about the life of the students there back in the 60s when it was still all boys. And then you see the school evolve over time. And it's about the teachers at the school, too, and uh, the kind of sacrifices they made and the, the uh, how would you say, the issues that they faced in their life there.
1: Well, I really, I found it fascinating, not only getting to know the teachers, but hearing about all the different boys and you really developed so many different characters and then watching as they develop over time, kind of getting the flashback, flash forward, if you will, when we get to revisit them again at the end, which was so interesting. I always love that kind of satisfaction that comes with like, but wait, what happens after this part of the story? I
0: always love that ending of a book. With yes. this. So-and-so got divorced, so-and-so married. Yes, it's it's always very. It shows that the book has a life that continues after yes. the pages, right?
1: Same in the movies, you know, when they say something like in the type after seven years later, blah blah blah. Then the, you know, anyway. but anyway. So thank you for <laughs> thank you for that. The book was really layered with you know almost a, a coming of age tale, but also a sort of awakening of sexuality and how how a bunch of different boys handled their feelings for each other for women versus men, what they could express, what they fell into, how the teachers played into it, and then what they did with that information, because everybody handled it a little bit differently. Tell me more about all of that and the way that, you know, the sexuality sort of is like the the backdrop, like this umbrella that's hanging over the whole thing.
0: Well, it's about adolescence, right? And adolescents are pretty much the same today as they always have been but the circumstances of of in those days boys and girls often were sent off to s- single sex w- schools and they were often sort of dropped there in september and picked up in june not quite literally but there was a lot less involvement on the f- point of the uh, from the point of view of the parents they were no cell phones, no helicopter parents. There was so there. It was a sort of world unto itself. This society of young boys who are having all sorts of sexual experiences, not necessarily with each other, but they're growing into their sexuality. And around them are it's a it's basically an all boys society. So they're various the story shows them different boys having different uh reactions to that they have girlfriends at home they have girlfriends in the town they have crushes on each other that's et- etc and I think it's a pretty accurate depiction of actually how kids at that age experience the need for closeness
1: mm-hmm. interesting um. There, this has been in the news a lot lately, from different boarding schools, sort of one after the next coming out with not just boarding schools either, but mostly what happens. I mean, the relationships between teachers and students. There's always been some mystery around that, and there's oh, I feel like there's a scandal in many schools related to those dynamics. What was the timing of your deciding to write a book about this in relation to, like, was it inspired by real events going on or as you were writing it, were you just like, oh my gosh, again and again and again, like, how, uh, did, it, how did it happen?
0: Well, that, that was certainly a factor in that a lot of, how would you say, uh, things came out in the news about some of these schools about where uh, teachers had taken advantage of students or, or had relationships with them. And the schools in the old days had covered the, covered this up. And uh, so there was a lot of people testifying. It's a little bit related to what's been going on in the church, of course. It was a very similar thing yeah. where cones of silence were kind of breached. And, and all of a sudden, there was a, a vision of what really went on. It's really... I I actually think it's about power, you know that that teachers are in the they're in the local in loco parentis position, but they also have they're looked up to by the kids and they need the uh, some of them need the approbation and adoration of of kids and of course that's probably based on their own uh, unhappy backgrounds or character defects, you know. So, but all these things play into how the teacher student relationship is experienced in, in various different ways and one of the paradoxes that i wanted to get into in the book is how could someone be a great teacher and also have an inappropriate uh, attachment to another kid and that that's that's one of the paradoxes of of the teaching relationship that Mm -hmm. I mean you see in the in the book just like you see the boys have having different relations you see teachers having different ways of relating to students some of them are totally wonderful parental figures very loving trustworthy with a sense of boundaries and other others are there are a few who who have boundary issues Mm -hmm. and we see we see those different varieties and we even see teachers who might have homosexual feelings themselves but but don't let those interfere with their teaching function so Mm -hmm. there are all sorts of varieties of of people just like in in life people have different needs different moral codes different ways of experiencing that pedagogical quasi-parental relationship
1: I love the one field trip they went on to uh, MoMA in New York City, the Museum of Modern Art in New York City and how two of the boys, I always forget everybody's names, but how two of the boys were just like so cultured and blase about it and could like rattle off the name of all the artists. And and it was Sam, right? who was just like doe-eyed looking around, like this is the most amazing thing ever.
0: (laughs) Sam was the, he's sort of the aginue. and he's less sophisticated than some of the other kids because he's the one who ends up being a teacher himself and it's yeah. and he's kind of the consciousness around which the book is organized. Yes. He he watches all these things happen. He watches the teachers. He's not really a doer himself, he's a watcher. Yeah. And the storyteller. And the storyteller. Right. Can you
1: tell me more about your just to get off the book for one second, like about your story
0: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Well, I, I mean, I went to one of these schools and I decided afterwards that I didn't want to be an academic. I, I did love teaching. I had done some teaching, but I, I didn't go that direction. I, I decided to... Uh, become an editor. And in a way, an editor is like a teacher, sort of counseling people, helping them to be the best they can be, etc. And that turned out to be a very rewarding profession for me. And I've done it for all my life, really. So, you know, I've spent a lot of time with writers who, some of them are really great writers. And it's amazing to see what what goes into making a great book, really.
1: What do you think goes into making a great book?
0: Well, it starts out with the, the character of the writer and their gift for expression. You know, it's, sort of, it's a sort of mixing of talent and character, I think. So it's, I mean, that's sort of what you see in, in the book, too. How, how do people blend their character with their personality, you know, and their... Morals and there, so, uh, so that's that's. I think that's how everything works in life. You know, it's a mixture <laughs> of self-restraint and also being able to access your what you think and feel. That's what writers really—they mm-hmm. have the gift of access. So you know that as a writer, you I, you. I
1: haven't heard it said like that before. That's interesting.
0: But you have access to to your deep feelings, your convictions, and that's what. That's what drives you to try to put it down on paper.
1: Hmm. So. <laughs> I, I, I said this recently, but my husband was asking me if I was going to write another memoir, and I was like, well, I've kind of n- not like a sweeping about my life thing, but maybe on a particular topic or something. I was like, like I could probably you. write one about our dog Naya. Uh, this is like the day before I adopted a puppy, but anyway, I was like, I could probably write it about Naya, And he's like, "That's what's so crazy. Like you could write a whole book about Naya, and if somebody asked me how's everything going with Naya? I'd be like, pretty good. Yeah,
0: right. <laughs> well, that's why you're the writer and he's not.
1: I mean, he's wonderful. He's, it's, he's super sensitive and awesome, but it, he's not a writer. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah, funny. It's yeah. funny.
0: It's just not everyone is, you know, it's, it's just uh, something that, I mean, you could probably tell us about experiences you had that led you to be a writer, things that happened maybe when you were a kid, Ways how you were somehow you were uh, rewarded by expression, Mm -hmm. and that's sort of what's led you to do what you're doing. Don't you think?
1: Yeah, I do. In fact, you know, so many of the authors I interview credit someone early on for recognizing talent, often a teacher. But there's somebody who says, "Wow, you really got something here," and that can change their entire life.
0: Well, that's what you also you see that in the book where the the teacher knows what to say Mm -hmm. to the kid to encourage them to move ahead, to, to encourage, like there's one thing in the book that actually came out of my own life where, you know, the teacher says, well, you, you know, you're not going to be a lawyer. You've got Mm -hmm. other things to do in life, you know, and that, that, that did happen to me. It was very liberating. Hmm. That you know, instead of doing what my father wanted me to do, I I got to decide what I wanted to do, and the, the teacher was the one who gave me permission, mm. and and uh, I think that's often true with writing too. They they identify a gift or a a direction. And that's that's sort of the teacher's job in a way. Hmm.
1: But you're the teacher and the student in this equation.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, well students become teachers certain students become teachers because because they were inspired by the teachers mm-hmm. to emulate them and that's part of the story too it's like it's something that's handed on. it's mm-hmm. from one generation to another I, think. Sure. So.
1: I mean your book also i mean it touched a lot on loyalty i feel like loyalty even in the sam and Anne. i think your name is Anne's marriage Loyalty with some of the friendships, with two of the teachers, between people who worked at the school and keeping secrets. And mm-hmm. I mean, loyalty plays such a big role. I don't know. That was kind of a tangent, but it does. <laughs> it's
0: just... Yeah, because loyalty is a representation of a mutual understanding. Right?
1: Mm-hmm. Interesting. Oh, I love it. Yeah. You must get asked this all the time, but for writers who are starting out, I mean, Going back to what we were saying about talent and mentor, you know, mentorship and all of this, like sometimes people and I am no expert at all, but I I do say like it might be useful to find out if you're if you are good at it, <laughs> like because so many people love doing it, but like get some impartial opinion of something. You just need someone to like vet it before you dedicate you know endless time. Do you agree with
0: well, that or? I mean, yes, I do, but the fact is very few people are born great writers. They, they, there's a lot of, you know, 99% perspiration. Yeah. Right. To the 1% inspiration. It's not really that proportion, but you can start out with, I mean, I think a really great writer has something from the very beginning that they, but you can, you can turn out to be a very good writer by just applying yourself and, and keep it going. Mm -hmm. But yes, at a certain point, you need some sort of feedback about whether, whether this is a good way of spending your time or not, you know? Yeah. So, and you have to be honest with yourself too. You have to not be too hard on yourself, but if you're a writer, one thing you should be doing a lot of is reading, reading Mm -hmm. other people and seeing. well, does that sound like something that could have come out of me you know mm-hmm. is there is there some correlation between how what you love to read and what you're trying to write you know i think that very true yes. yeah so
1: what are what you my, reading now
0: what am i reading right now i'm reading victory by joseph conrad yeah uh, which i've never read before but you know one thing in the book you know the t te- you see sam the teacher reading poems with the student sort of getting indoctrinating the the student on how to think about writing through reading these these short texts and that i think that's what it's all about really it's just getting them to really read if you really read closely if you really see what's going on that can liberate you in in your own Love writing it.
1: yeah do you have another book in you another book coming or anything
0: I, I am working on something. It's a poetry thing, but I would like to write another novel, I think, or a, or a memoir. I like what you've done. And I think, <laughs> I just don't know. I, I will definitely write something else. I've written two novels now. And there is, you, there's something you, can't, you can do in prose that you can't do in poetry. So I, I really, I found it very, very fascinating to, to do the work. so so. love it well
1: it is interesting this uh working in words
0: world yeah yeah yeah. well you obviously enjoy it
1: oh my gosh I love it I love to read I love to write but I, I love to read
0: what are you reading right now
1: Well, I just finished Tom Well, aside from your book, Tom Ferrata's Tracy Uh Can't Win because I had him on earlier today. Uh And what am I going to read for tomorrow? I have to look in my calendar. I've structured it so that my calendar is my reading list and Uh, I don't have to ever debate.
0: How many of these do you do in a day?
1: In a day? I do between 8 to 12 a week.
0: Really? Wow. but that's I
1: amazing. take some weeks off. I try to, so then I have to double up other weeks, but on average, I usually do about two to three a day.
0: Wow. That's incredible. That's yeah. really that great, great fun.
1: Oh my yeah. gosh. I learn yeah. so much. I'm constantly yeah. learning and it's like being in the best English class forever.
0: <laughs> well, you're lucky that you, you found that as a way of pursuing your interests in such a a deep way yeah.
1: yeah it's been great it's been such a gift so and i get to meet people like you which is very yeah. interesting
0: <laughs> yes i get to yeah it was, it's really it's really fun well thank you so much David. thank you
1: for coming on uh, <laughs> again i hope you too all right take all right. care right. bye thanks for listening to this episode of moms don't have time to read books